It's in a book. It was a great show on PBS, Channel 11 here in Chicago, whose host is currently in the news for the right reasons. Mr. LeVar Burton, Girardi for all of you Trekkie fans, was one of the first visual ambassadors who championed the joy of reading. After helping educate the world about the legacy of slavery in America, after his seminal role in Alex Haley's Landmark Roots miniseries, LeVar Burton has come to symbolize what it means to be on a quest toward education and enlightenment. So it is because of his roles, his advocacy work, and what it represents that LeVar Burton is going viral. Ever since Alex Trebek lost his battle with pancreatic cancer, the show Jeopardy! has been featuring guest hosts in Trebek's place. They have included former Jeopardy! champion Ken Jennings, journalist Katie Couric, and daytime host Dr. Oz. And locally for us Bear fans, even worse, Green Day Packers QB Aaron Rodgers recently stepped onto the Sony soundstage. <laughs> The show, like any show, must go on. We'll show them what this baby can do, sir. Give me everything you got, LaFord. Aye, aye, sir. Enter Geraldi. I mean, Mr. LeVar Burton. There is an internet campaign started by fans to have LeVar Burton become the next permanent host of Jeopardy. Nearly 175,000 people have signed an online petition started at change.org that lauds what it would mean to have this man, this black man, be the face of a game show host synonymous with intellectual acrimen. This week, the New York Post, of all places, ran an article April 6, putting the spotlight on this grassroots movement that now has the support of Mr. Burton. With all the nuance of a Thor's hammer pushing a nail into a bookshelf, Burton used his Twitter account to link the petition. Burton wrote, leaving this here in the event that the powers that be are listening. He wasn't direct, but the message is clear. You just have to read in between the lines. And after all, it's all about reading. book. Remember those things? You know, the things with pages? The things that you vowed to read at least 15 months ago while you've been stuck in the house quarantined, hoarding toilet paper and Lysol? Remember making the hard choice between cracking the spine of that bound work or picking up the remote? Then several hours later, you were sure that Carol Baskins really fed her husband to tigers or the six loaves of homemade sourdough bread that would last the week, or in my case, banana bread. Or you were rewinding the TV to figure out if he really asked the doctor if people could drink Clorox. And he did. But don't you do it. 
We know that the COVID-19 added up to people gaining as many pounds while spending so much time at home. And despite those fitness commercials, it was hard to remember to exercise the body and even harder, the push to exercise the mind. If you actually managed to read during the height of the pandemic, congratulations. Here at Interludes, we want to encourage you to continue reading. After all, it's a great way to stay vital, develop empathy, and become the people we are destined to be. A diversity of books should come from a diverse range of sources, not just one major monolithic monopoly that sells books and everything else from that same dot-com address. Like HBCU, Black booksellers have always been a vital resource to present a physically safe place for discussion and a source for different options outside of the mainstream. As we venture back out into retail spaces in a post-COVID-19 vaccinated world, make sure that Black booksellers like Alfreware Bookstore are on our shopping list. They've been there fully stocked with copies of masterworks from James Baldwin, Toni Morrison, Langston Hughes, Alice Walker, Maya Angelou, and August Wilson. As retail chains like Walden Books and Borders have come and gone, like Joe Turner, African Americans have remained steady in the foundation laid by Black publishers and Black authors who always have found a home on the shelves of Black booksellers, real or virtual. On today's show, I talk with Nzinga Nomo, owner of Alfieware Bookstore, based in suburban Chicago, about the business of bookstores, how she got started, and the future of reading. After the interview, I will offer a modest proposal, a soft open, to begin a new commitment to reading. Today, African-American bookstores. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. We would like to thank our local title sponsor, A1 Pestmasters, for supporting Interludes. This episode brought to you by Montevia Coffee and Tea. And now... All the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. First, let's meet today's guest, Nzinga Nomo, owner of Alfreware Bookstore, one of a handful of Black-owned bookstores in the greater Chicago area. Afterwards, We'll talk book club. Hi guys, my name is Valerie Johnson and welcome to Interludes. I would love to introduce to you a bookstore owner here in the Chicago, Illinois area of the Alfreware Bookstore in Maywood, Illinois. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's meet. Yes, it's Nzinga Nomo. <laughs> Thank you Nzinga. so much. It's a pleasure to be here well, not be here virtually, yes, I should say. Virtually. <laughs> and where did yep. the, let, let's start out with this. Where did the idea to open an Afrocentric bookstore originally come for you? 
My story is pretty um, different um, because I had no intentions of going into business. Um, I was in corporate America, minding my business um, <laughs> uh, as an electrical engineer at AT&T. And yeah, making lots and lots of money. And, and being very um, smart, being very smart, an engineer. Yes, and, I, and, and mind you, I was in engineering because I was, it was recommended by my beloved dad that I should not go into music, which is, I have a musical background because, you know, it's not a sustainable, a sustainable um, career in terms of, you know, keeping yourself roof over your head and such um, mm -hmm. as another field. So I went, I, so I asked the, um, a, a advisor, the school advisor, Mr. Kurt Wright, I said, what other majors can I go into that do not require reading because I hate reading? I actually said those words and now I'm a bookseller. So wow. I have a, I know a lot about the <laughs> fact that there is a book for everybody, but every book is not for everybody. And I was not reading books that were empowering to me that were reflective of our heritage mm -hmm. and that makes all the difference of the world in the world wow. so um yeah that's <laughs> so how did i be how did i come around so i was in corporate america i went into electrical engineering for those reasons and one day i went to a black history month event and i saw greeting cards oh. with black images on them now this is before they're, they were so plentiful as they are today. So people have to think back in your mind. Can you imagine like the first time you ever saw one? And I thought they were the most beautiful thing in the whole world. I felt mm -hmm. that I could sell them with my eyes closed um, because they were they would sell themselves. Nice. And I the next morning I woke up in the middle of the night, wrote a business plan for the um, entrepreneur who made those um, greeting cards. Mm -hmm. I volunteered my services. I just wanted to, you know, be a part of it. And I ended up being um, a very uh, good salesperson. Eventually at the recommendation of a friend added books, even though I thought black people didn't read. Oh, <laughs> I had no. all these misconceptions, right? <laughs> of course, after I added the books to my line, that was the highest selling item in my inventory mm -hmm. and the rest is history. So, um, you know, I know that mm -hmm. culture matters it does. and to have my master's degree in, elect in electrical engineering and not have read miseducation of the negro for example in invisible man and mm -hmm. black economics those are the three books that also um really changed my life to have had that mm -hmm. level of education without a cultural um background i knew um ma made all the difference in the world and i felt like if this is something that um changed my life i would mm -hmm. love to do that for 
other people. I just love, I get goose pimple happy when oh. others see themselves in the literature that they are reading, either in the images they're in or in the content of those books. It just makes me so happy because you are getting affirmed when you, you're reading about yourself in right. instances outside of being a criminal, which is all the mm. only way we were depicted and still are depicted um, mm -hmm. on television. And that's what opens up your um, possibilities in life, your imagination, yes. your outlook mm. on life. It, it just has so many beautiful offspring, right, as a result. And so that's mm -hmm. why I'm so passionate about it because it just fuels me to know that, you know, at least one more person is, has changed their outlook on themselves and therefore their possibilities, what they can do in this world. Because when you start reading about all the accomplishments that we have made, Mm -hmm. the ironing board just one item you can take the ironing board which is in every single household in america i got one this is <laughs> our bloodline you know what i'm saying exactly. this genius is in our bloodline so if our ancestors did it we can do it wow, wow. we can I, do it i just interviewed an african-american author of several books about soul food, which re refers to our cultural backing of creating, you know, food for our, our soul and for- Out of and scraps. Out of scraps, yeah. And, yeah. Yes. and I don't believe that his books are being stocked at your bookstore, but here's my, here's my question. How do you decide, just based on what you've told me about the books that influenced you, what books do you stock and what books do you like leave off your shelves? What what kind of is that determining factor? Okay, I'm going to use a Walter E. Mosley versus um, another author. You know, what's your determination? Well, <laughs> thankfully, it has changed since I first opened the store, which was a much more um, limited view because it was just the books that I liked. You know, okay, <laughs> uh, which uh, sure fire away to go out of business. Um, okay. But eventually, you know, thankfully to the mm -hmm. people who who come in the store constantly asking, constantly giving you feedback, you know what, you mm -hmm. should carry such and such a book. You might not yeah. have heard of it, but I think it would go well here. As an entrepreneur, I, mm -hmm. I would say your your greatest asset is in keeping an open mind and knowing you do not have all the answers to everything all right and your the people that um come you come into contact with are so brilliant you know yeah. and listen to them and consider very seriously their suggestions so while i started out with mostly um non-fiction because those are the books that you know changed my life um i have thankfully expanded to um, science fiction, for example, um, oh, good. Christian fiction uh, good. with Kimberla Lawson Roby and uh, the African futurism is um, Dr. Nedia Korafor. Of course, I have cookbooks. I have um, mm. books mm -hmm. on relationships. I have some used books. Those books aren't online, so you have to come into the store for those. Those are like $5 each. Um, oh, you know, I have 
books on um, photographic book, books on photography. Mm. Um, you know, there <clears throat> there is an endless supply of books that I have access to. You know, yeah. if they're not on the shelves, there's the high probability that I can order them because over the years, over the 28 years that we've been in business, um, I've definitely expanded my um, suppliers that I work mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm able to get almost everything, almost everything <laughs> that people are looking for, as long as they're in print, that's the main, um, the main difference. But there are some um, that you can compare on Amazon, for example, I even don't like saying their, that word, but um, there's some that you can compare on um, a large retail online outlet that um, we beat the price on because Good. we are not, um, you know, uh, taking advantage of um, um, the availability of the item. And we're right. offering it at a fair price as opposed to those who are saying, oh, well, nobody knows there's only, you know, 10 available. Mm -hmm. They might surmise and inflating the price. So wow. um, you should always check with your local black bookstore first and see if they can stock it. And, um, you know, just give us the opportunity. We, we would love to rise to the occasion and maybe surprise you. <laughs> well, I know. I, I mean, that would that would definitely surprise me or, or make me happy, especially if there are this specific uh, specific uh, authors that I'm looking for. Tell me about your your podcast, Black Biz Banter. What motivated you to start this conversation with your customers? You know what? I wanted to back up just a moment because I don't think I answered your question about um, the author that you were saying may want to uh, get on our shelves. I did recently add oh. an author information page to the website, which oh, is afriwarebooks.com at the, in the main menu. There's a tab that you can go to that gives the instructions and how to get the review process started and how to partner with us um, to do marketing. Because as you know, post COVID, well, we want to get to post-COVID, but as we're working our way through COVID, a lot has changed um, business-wise um, um, to work with authors and artists. And that does lead me into your next question about podcasts is that mm -hmm. as we were first, um, you know, figuring out what COVID was all about, the store was closed physically. Right. All mm -hmm. I had was the online presence. So I was mm -hmm. looking into what one of my customers, one of my younger customers said, you know, you should do a podcast. It's so easy. And he gave me a link and I was like, okay, I'll try it. And, <laughs> and here, here we are, you know, we would not have met without <laughs> Look at that. Without this podcast. Yes, I was not doing podcasts before COVID. Wow. No, I was not. And how has and how has that changed the conversation between you and your customers? Because you weren't able to physically see them, but now doing this podcast, has that like enhanced and helped your 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 business? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What it does now is I'm able to offer it as an option a marketing option 
for okay. authors to help to promote their work when I do send out my e-blast to, you know, 8,000 people. So if they don't have a book trailer, for example, which, right. you know, some authors do, some authors don't, it might be easier for them to just, you know, set up an interview online and then I can post that link with the um, link to the book. So it just um, oh, opened up so many more options as, as well as the blog that I now have that I did not have prior to COVID. You know, it's just interesting, the silver lining amongst, you know, in the clouds of um, COVID, of course, there's been a lot of loss and, and our hearts definitely go out um, to those who are grieving the loss of others during this time, this mm -hmm. tumultuous time. I mean, politically, um, in terms of world events, in terms of um, this uh, mysterious uh, illness, our hearts definitely um, go out in solidarity um, to help us just get through, yeah. get through this and remember, you know, our ancestors are resilient and mm -hmm. that um, as long as we continue to work together, mm -hmm. then we can get through this. Yes. Uh, what so, is your, what, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to make sure I answered your question oh, you about did. the you podcast. Did. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is your connection or affiliation with Trinity UCC. Um, do they support Trinity. your store? Yeah, Trinity, yeah. Okay, yes. So um, in addition to our physical location in Maywood, we have mm -hmm. branched out as uh, in a partnership with Trinity's bookstore on the south side of Chicago on 95th. Uh -huh. So um, the uh, inventory of books in the bookstore this is pre-covid of course mm -hmm. <laughs> um everywhere was supplying and um working out the profit with uh the church so we um promoted some uh, a lot of the authors that are housed within trinity oh my goodness there's so much um so many gifted um artists just under one roof so for them wow. to call it the a village is absolutely true to the word. Um, <laughs> so we were hosting, um, a co-hosting um, book signings in partnership with Trinity pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, however, the bookstore has been closed and um, mm -hmm. maintains uh, an online presence directly to uh, my Maywood location. We don't right. know what the future is going to bring, but yeah. um, it really um, has been a, a wonderful partnership. And in the meantime, um, I've also partnered with a black owned art gallery in Wisconsin called Mahogany Gallery. Yes, with brother Scott Terry. So um, everywhere's books are also located in other states. Yes. I love that. I love that. And I, when you said black art, I was just like, yay. Yes. I yes. I have a close friend of mine. I have a close friend of mine who is her. You go into her house and it's like in a, a museum of art. It's wonderful. Uh, last question. I, uh, last question. What message do you would like for your customers 
who who want to support black businesses, but they're not quite sure if they'll receive the same quality of service that they might get from other businesses. What message do you want to send to customers that want to support Alfreyware? I would say they deserve the best treatment Mm. in the world, Mm. period. Let's start there. Wherever Mm -hmm. they go, they deserve the best treatment. We can partner to make ensure that that occurs. Some black businesses, we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We appreciate their feedback. I think the number one um, recommendation to me, to them, would be please um, provide feedback. We may not know. You know, please do not presume <laughs> that we probably <laughs> should know. Okay, let me not say, let me not um, make it sound like, you know, we're just totally oblivious, mm-hmm. right? There's some things we probably should know, but we may not have heard it in the unique way that you are going to share it with us so that we will hear it. There's, you know, you know how you'll tell a child um, so many times and then somebody else will tell them the same exact thing. And maybe because right. of the tone, maybe because of the way the moon is in the sky, they hear it on that occasion. Mm-hmm. Just keep, keep, um, keep hope alive. I hate to use uh, such a <laughs> cliche term, <laughs> but I'm trying it, to say that, you know, hold out the possibility that mm-hmm. we can rise to the occasion to deliver the um, great customer service that you deserve, right? Mm -hmm. And if you are not receiving it, please let us know. I definitely have grown tremendously. I would not be where I am today without people telling me, you know, you should consider the wording you have on the website. Just the other day, a customer gave us that feedback because when we were at the height of the sales coming in after the murder of George Floyd, mm-hmm. many were seeking um, literature on how to become how to become an ally. Some were seeking literature in general about Black history, and mm-hmm. so our sales soared. And so we had to set up a special table on the site and different phases and all kinds of stuff. Well, that was still on the site and I'd forgotten it was still there. So the customer's like, um, it's kind of confusing. I'm not sure, you know, when I'm going to get my tracking number. I'm looking at this table. I'm like, oh my gosh, that table is still on there. You know, I process orders every day now. And so Mm -hmm. you will get that tracking number in a few days. So I didn't know that is is the point. And Mm -hmm. I truly appreciate it and thank the customer for um so i'll say having the courage having the courage to say um because i didn't know you know i didn't know and in some wow. cases i just have to come clean and say you know what i have heard that before i haven't been able to make the time you know as long to me as i'm 
being transparent, that is so important to me. And honest, that comes across and most customers they'll say, okay, I understand. And they, they can make an informed choice that way. But if right. I'm, you know, shucking and jiving and all that, of course, that's never acceptable and <laughs> you should go running. But every black um, business is not the same, just as every white or non-black business is not the same. Right. Give us an opportunity to serve you. Give us an opportunity to serve you. Yeah, I I like I like that message, and I I like that people came to you to get educated, especially after uh, the murder of George Floyd, and was able to they get did. the to get the materials that they needed. And and I'm excited to hear over eight thousand subscribers to your newsletter. That's that's fantastic, Snowman. Absolutely, thank if, you so much. <laughs> if anyone wanted to order books online interludes is kind of all over the place where <laughs> would they go <laughs> oh my goodness thank you for asking our website is afriwarebooks.com and i'll spell it a as in africa f as in freedom r i w a r e books mm -hmm. which is plural dot com so it's afriwarebooks.com is our website and if people wanted to hear uh, Black Biz banter, where would they go? You can go to the same place at the top where the menu is located. Mm -hmm. The blog and the podcast are all um, separate tabs that you can just click on. Or if you don't see that, you can always um, email, email us at afriwarebooks at afriwarebooks.com. Wonderful. Miss Nomo of Everywhere Books, thank you so much for yes. joining us on today. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this thank is you. Interludes. Let's start a book club. Based on your interests and my interests, let's select something you may have read or might have wanted to read. This book is at the end of my reading rainbow. Former FLOTUS First Lady Michelle Obama wrote her story in the pages of Becoming. The book Becoming presents her story growing up on the south side of Chicago, heading off to law school and meeting that skinny smoker whose ambitions would move the family from Hyde Park to eight years in the White House. I think this moment, this post-COVID-19 moment, is a good time to read or reread Becoming to help decide who it is we want to be as we emerge from a global pandemic. On our May 12th episode, we focus on Michelle Obama's book Becoming, the first selection of Valia Reads Book Club. You're welcome to join in the discussion by Facebook, Instagram, and our other social media platforms. On the next interludes. If you are for vaccination, if you are for that, I, I support that. I'm not going to criticize you for it. However, I feel like I know too much and I'm, I'm at pause. What we don't want to have happen is to have a community of people. Uh, it seems like the two 
biggest doubters right now are white Republican males and uh, African-Americans. To vax or not vax, next time on Interludes. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson, original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by our national sponsor, Montevilla, the natural weight loss coffee and tea brewed with MTC oil and Ramon seeds. For more information, please send an email with the subject Montevilla to purelightnyc at gmail.com. Our local title sponsor, A1 Pestmasters, for all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters at area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com. When you book your appointment with A1 Pestmasters, Tell them that you heard it first on the podcast called Interludes. Catch our Interludes Extra Clips and more on our brand new YouTube channel called Interludes. <laughs>